Welcome to the Pursuit of Wealth, where the H is surrounded by abundance. Join us as we navigate and explore health and wellness topics from mindset to deep health to intentions and everything in between. We welcome you with open hearts, open minds, and with the hopeful intention that you'll become a tiny bit better than yesterday. But yeah, and I, you know, that's to your point, Tiffany, one of the things I was thinking and also to yours, Margaret, is talking about, you know, extrinsic motivation. I mean, when you've got a vacation to go on and you want to fit into an outfit or a bathing suit or you want to fit into your wedding dress if you're going to get married or there's some some special occasion, you are us with our birthday, our birthday. But I mean, you're driven, you're driven by that event. And when it comes to just health in general, it's not as motivating because there is no end goal. There's nothing, there's nothing that you necessarily reach instead of just understanding the evolution of the journey. Yeah. And, I, and, and I think to your point, when you have goals, right, that become very motivating in, in whatever, whatever facet, right? I want to fit into my wedding dress. The one thing I can control, I'm not going to drink cool. You might get it, you know, depending on what the variables are, right? That, that's a great goal. And you're probably going to do it because it's 30 days from now, you know? And so it's very, you can see it, you can see it, but how do you, how do you feel, right? How do you feel something that has no sort of end goal? There's no actual definitive term. And I think when we look at the term healthy, as you were talking about before, you know, that's a very big, bold word. It's nebulous. It is, but it has a very different definition, a very different connotation to each of us. It's very individual. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about the word healthy, I really invite people to explore that word for themselves and understand that it's not a projection word. Yeah. It's not something you project onto people. It's something internal, right? Mm-hmm. So I think you know, for me, being healthy is drinking as much water as I do. You might not think that that's a healthy thing. I'm not, it's not right of me to project, this is what you should do because it's healthy, right? Because who's to say? We all have different bodies. We all have different body types. We have different goals. We have different minds. We have different ideas. And so when we try to project this healthy persona, I think that's where it gets really confusing for people. Because for every one healthy thing, there's something on the other side that says, well, actually, that's not very healthy. And here's why. Right. And being able to trust things like food labels. And as you were saying, Tiffany, books and the diet gurus and the TV persona, you know, and this detox and this special tea and that special supplement. And that's all you need. And no, it's never just one thing. You know, we keep coming back to that, right? It's never just right. But I, you know, if, for general health, sure, if you want to improve your, improve your blood work, for example, that's a good goal. That's, a, that's a goal if you've had a health scare. But For sure. Yeah. And again, I think it's just, I think it's when we use that word to use it more personal than, than anything else. Because again, you know, my, like you and I could be standing in a grocery aisle and you say, well, this is the most healthy. And I say, no, no, Julie, this is the most healthy. 
-hmm. while I think it's more important for the language there to understand that this is the healthiest option for me. And this, this might be the healthiest work? option for you. Right. And, and we don't even have to it's, use that word healthy. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's uh, funny because it happens with me and my husband. So yeah. I, I love, like, we both love having like, uh, like a shrimp scampi in, at night, you know, cause it's easy pasta, 10 minutes while you're boiling the pasta, you're making the shrimp done. And, um, the thing is, I love my chickpea pasta, but my husband's stomach can't handle that much fiber. So, you know, and it, it doesn't mean it's not healthy. It's, it's, it just doesn't work for him and it, yeah. I need it. So it's, yeah, the world, the word healthy becomes really like skewed. And I could, I could look at your pasta and say, well, that's a processed food that doesn't belong in my diet. That's not healthy at all. I'm not, I'm neither right nor wrong. You're neither right nor wrong. Yeah. And after it's we're just done fist fighting, we'll decide who's right. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's, it's, it's just is what it is. And you know, when I'm talking with the kids and stuff, I really try not to use that word because yeah, yeah. you know, they say, well, you shop at Trader Joe's that's healthy. It's like, well, is it, I just shop at Trader Joe's because they tend to offer less preservatives and things like that. So it tends to be a better option, but is it healthy? No, it's just a better option for our family. You know what I mean? And I try to really be careful with that word. What I really think about about defining what's healthy for you and for me is having the time. And it, this, this is like a long-term thing that has definitely worked for me. But having a food journal has helped me so much to like know what works for me, what I'm deficient, what I need to work on. And, you know, like if I not really if I ate what I needed or, you know, because I'm kind of picky on that. But now I truly understand that if I don't hit my fiber goal for the day, I'm not going to feel well. I'm going to feel a little more heavy tomorrow. I, you know, a, I'm going to have a little bit more inflammation. And then it also helps me, at least for me, make wiser decisions when I'm planning out my day, choose better foods. There are some days that I had, I thought I was eating my veggies. And then I went, once I have it all written down, I realized, man, I did not eat any veggie all day. And I was thinking I was having a very balanced meal, you know, but then yeah. those are the little things. Once you kind of learn and the food journal has been a huge thing for me that now I know what I need to pay attention to in order to get to my goal. Yeah, and, and how food feels. I, I have my clients work on that sometimes because when I used to get migraines all the time, it was so difficult for me to, to pinpoint my triggers. And so I had to start keeping a, a diary or journal of what I was eating, everything I was drinking, what the weather was like, what activities I engaged in, what my stress level was like, how much I slept. But until I actually, I mean, it, it was hard to do at first, but once I got into that habit, because I wanted to get rid of those migraines, I was having two or three a month debilitating. And so I had to do something. And finally, I was able to, to at least 
narrow down what potential triggers were. And I think not just for migraines, but for feeling bloated, feeling gassy, getting constipated, having headaches, you know, all of these other things that we just accept as normal, I think. Yeah. It's, it's Definitely funny this because- last week, it kind of seems like that. Um, just from everyone that I've talked to is if they're suffering from something, whether it's um, digestion issues or acid reflux, GERD, um, or if it's just something that they've been suffering with, even something like allergies, um, seasonal allergies or colds, it's just, well, this is what it's like. And then they say, well, I guess this is the way that it has to be. The other one is they might say, and oftentimes you might say it as well, well, I heard this for this, or I heard this can solve this. Very quick yeah. fixes. And it oftentimes is never like that. Mm. So, but unfortunately, when we want quick fixes, that leaves us to be more motivated, though it's a false motivation. Um, and that leads also down a dark path. So I think before we start defining what healthy is, which I think Tiffany did a great job beginning to explain, we all have our own definitions of what that is. And equally so, since we're going to another huge topic that is motivation, we all have our own definition that is in our self-contract to ourselves in what motivation is, what those triggers are for us, and how we become in an authentic motivation for ourselves or for something else besides ourselves and how we get to that ultimate um, state of being rather than we have these end goals or to the mountaintop. So I'd like us kind of to all explain what our definitions of motivation is and what those metrics are that we base our motivation on. So can we do that together? Yeah, let's. Absolutely. Okay, so Julie, how about you start? You want me to start? Okay. For me, motivation is what happens after I start taking action. There might be there might be an impetus, there might be something pushing me or pulling me towards a specific goal. <clears throat> but when it comes to just general health, I shouldn't say just general health, but what I want to to achieve as far as my health and fitness go, I find it difficult day to day to feel quote motivated to just go work out, go prepare a healthy meal or whatever. Once I actually start doing those things, it motivates me to do it again because number one, I know I can do it. And number two, I start to feel better when I do it consistently. And the better I feel, the more motivated I am to do it. And so in my mind, most of the time, motivation follows action because motivation will, my favorite saying is by Zig Ziglar, it says people say motivation doesn't last. Um, well, neither does bathing and that's why we recommend it daily, right? Because so many things depend on our mood and our stress levels and how we slept and our frame of mind and the weather. And, you know, there are a lot of things that we allow to get in our way. And so, yes, sometimes you just have to do it anyway, but you can't rely on motivation for that. Sometimes it, it involves discipline and focus and an, and an unwavering agreement with yourself. Um, we, for me, I, I have my BAMs, we call it, bare-ass minimums. So on days when I'm not feeling motivated to do a particular thing, I know that no matter what, these are the things I'm going to do. 
right? Like drinking, my, my, drinking enough water, like getting in 10,000 steps, that kind of stuff. So, and, and yeah, so that's my, anyway, that's my definition. Well, adding, adding to yours is, um, I think it's very important if, if for at least in my opinion, it, what works for me is setting up a challenge. And by setting up a challenge, I have my things that I need to check off my list every single day. And I know, and this might sound kind of, I don't know, dumb at the beginning, but I like having three challenges and I kind of divide them into short, middle and long term because you know how after doing something for 30 days and then you feel like, ah, now I can go eat my huge, you know, one or three foot burrito and you mess everything up or you feel like now you're free. The thing is about setting up a goal and setting up a challenge and being in this crazy thing called fitness and healthier world is if it's not sustainable for the long term as in forever you shouldn't be even doing it you know so by setting up a challenge and i do like little goals and then after after i got to that let's say 30 days i have another goal coming afterwards and you have to plan accordingly and have to plan with that little um room for error you know because after those 30 days you might feel great or you might not feel satisfied with where you are at and you might have you might have to adjust that first initial goal but by having that milestone and you know celebrating those uh, achievements uh, that makes everything easy not easier but it's just it's just a reason to feel good about what you're doing and reminding yourself you're doing this because of this and exchanging all those things in order to feel motivated. Like for example, you change something in your diet and then obviously you're seeing some results on the scale. And I am talking about the scale, not in a good, bad, whatever way. If it works for you, do it. If it doesn't, please don't even try it. Um, but, let's say you jump on the scale or you try those jeans that they didn't even come halfway up and now they're going up. That is that trigger of motivation that will, like Julie was saying, it will make the ball keep going and it's just going to make it a tiny little bit easier, but it's going to remind you why you're really doing this. You know, um, I'm going to say a personal challenge for me. I love to cook. And I've been pretty good at meal prepping. Um, but I used to meal prep like a buffet style. Like I do my proteins in one in one container. Like I, I would do three or four different proteins and then I would have two or three carbs and my veggies. And then every morning, depending on my plan of that day uh, or what I was feeling on eating, I would just get a little bit of everything and just make my meal and leave. But now my time has been reduced by a little bit. So my new challenge has been, I went, I went out and I bought my little nice glass containers and now I'm preparing like a full meal. And I'm trying three new dishes per week. Um, so I gotta say, 
I did pretty well this week. So wow. I, I great. Ended up beautiful. With, yeah, I I ended up with three. I end, I prepared three different recipes, and I spread it out like four portions per meal per recipe. So I ended up with twelve um, containers on my fridge, which was amazing because I just I have more time for my dogs. I have perfect time to go to the gym, train. You know, a little bit more time for myself, and that reward like by doing this i feel rewarded even though at the beginning that challenge was like my god i'm gonna have to spend five hours cooking and na, na, na. but you know i'm doing it on my day off where on that day i do have the time to cook and you're not gonna believe it it only took me two hours to make all that that's great and it it has given me one hour extra every morning to spend for myself you know to go to a gym with and i can actually stay a little bit longer and practice my pull-ups um, you know so it's kind of it that's the rewarding part that keeps me going obviously the day that i gotta cook i'm like ah oh, i gotta cook again but then i gotta remember hey you've got that extra time during the week so it's gonna be worth it you know so that's at least motivating. the challenge yeah i like i said before i cook so my uh, it you know you gotta plan or or make your challenge accordingly to where you're at. Let's say you don't cook. Well, how about instead of eating out five days a week, maybe make one healthy meal to take to work, you know? Or if you, if you, let's say, if you wanna exercise a little bit more and you're walking already, how about walking 10 extra minutes or going to a gym and try a new class? Or find that in, that thing that interests you to keep you going every day. Yeah. yeah. Like that. Well, I for one would take on that challenge of the three foot burrito. <laughs> <laughs> I never it back down delicious. from food challenges. Um, I and also wonder if there's I've, never such I've thing as it. dumb. You done it? I've, I've done. You these. mastered well, it. It's, well, the thing is. In El Salvador, it's it's not foot. We don't measure by foot. We measure by meter. So it was one meter long, and my husband and I knocked that out. Be believe me, I couldn't even walk afterwards, but I up. did it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Big stomach. I think that's great that you plan accordingly. Um, some of us definitely can, and that is our internal motivator because it go does give us time to do other things, like dogs, or children, or being at the gym and working out and perfecting our muscles. Um, one thing that I've been working on in my practice is rather than, and it's a use of words, rather than saying, I got to do something or I have to do something, I get to do it. It's fulfilling. Because oftentimes our mind determines what our reality will be. So the more reality-based thinking and words that we use will become our outcomes. So more positivity. You can do it. Your meals will taste better. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, 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 we usually, between us, we usually tell that to each other. And it's not, don't, uh, don't remove but add, you know? Yes. So also that comes to our language. And it's like, I can't do this because I'm doing this challenge. No, I am doing this because I want this. 
yeah. you know, or I'm changing to. this. Yes. So it's very important what you're what you're definitely saying, uh, Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. Words what matter. What about you, Tiffany? Yeah. Oh, I definitely think words matter. I think the more that we can, you know, challenge our own minds, because here's what I know about our thoughts. You know, again, they're not facts, right? And our brains literally are set up to trick us all the time. And it seems like a very strange thing to think about. My mind is trying to trick me. But the answer is yes. And if you can become sort of a passenger to your mind, which is a very hard thing to do, you can, you can truly start to begin to see how it drives you. And it may not always be right or appropriate, I should say, because again, you know, I think appropriate is, is, a, is a better term than right versus wrong, inappropriate versus inappropriate. So when we're talking about the language of the mind, I think it's always important to be kind to the voice in your head because it can actually become a limiting factor, right? And so the more we can understand our own, you know, self so intuitively, you know, the better that will be because we need to understand like when our body senses hunger, right? It tells you it's hungry and it's going to continuously tell you and tell you and tell you and tell you it's hungry. And that becomes well, that's a just motivator. Yeah. Right. And so, and so that's great when you're in the woods because it's motivating to go find food. When you're in your home, it's not a very good motivator, right? And it becomes very limiting. If our brain tells us we don't want to go work out, we start thinking about that and it becomes part of, well, okay, so I shouldn't go work out. And here's all the reasons why you shouldn't go out. And it's when you can push through that brain to understand that this actually is for me, you know, that you can understand that the brain sort of, it really does create this limiting factor. And, you know, when we talk about motivation, I see motivation, it's really just a human want, right? So if we want to see something, you know, if something becomes motivating to us, you know, we can look at habits. Habits aren't necessarily motivating, although they do have an end result that's usually quite favorable to what we want because we do them, right? We brush our teeth, probably not because the doctor told you or the dentist told you, because it feels good to have a clean mouth. So there's that, the motivation to do it because it feels good. And so we can talk, well, I put on a sweatshirt. It's very motivating because it feels good because I'm not cold anymore. So if we talk about motivation, you know, there's motivation littered throughout our day in, in various forms. And again, it's, it's truly just that human, like we want this. So there, there it is, because there's something on the other end of that. Yeah. But, you know, and again, when we're looking at something to motivate us, okay, so we have all these other, you know, you know, I drink water because I'm thirsty. Okay, we move on. When you say, okay, well, now I actually have something, you know, I'm motivated to blah, blah, blah. I don't truly think into Julie's point, motivation is enough because I, you have to, you know, experience in order to determine it as a motivating factor. Because if you don't experience something, if you can't romanticize it, if you can't feel it, if it's not within you, then how could you possibly do it? And so I think, you know, it comes to that term healthy too, you know, truly it's just about, in my opinion, just setting the intention for yourself, mm -hmm. you know, having these experiences and setting that intention for yourself 
you know? And, and so what? Your brain wins one time. Your brain, your thoughts, they say, no, this, this is not what you want to do. Just don't do it. It's understanding that brain, right? That other side of you is going to win. And then understanding that after that, nothing has changed. Right. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing, if, if it's an in, intrinsic, so we talk about intrinsic as being something, you know, within you, it's a drive within you. No one has created this drive. You're doing it because it feels good for you. Sleep, I would suggest, is probably pretty extrinsic, right? Because we go to sleep and we wake up and we feel great. It's instantly motivating to go to bed. When we talk about healthy too, it's really just kind of setting that intention, right? What is it that I want? And I think the more personal you can get with your own sort of desires, because again, you know, motivation, you know, equals desire to a certain degree. What, what, am, I, what am I trying to get from this or get out of this? If you took it, you know, write down the word healthy and then, and then pinpoint it for yourself, because not only does that allow you to understand it, it allows you to have a plan. Because motivation can also be limiting, right? Because if we stop doing it, okay, then we just throw it out the window. So it's more of, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm setting my intention. This is what I'm going to do. If this, then that. If I don't work out today, I will work out tomorrow, right? And, and really set it up for, because so often I think that we allow ourselves to lie to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I see it all the time, Right. I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'm going to set my alarm and wake up at six. No, I'm going to set it to 630. No, 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 no. I'm going to set it to 645. Oh, I'm tired. I'm going to hit this. Um, yeah. Tomorrow I'm going to work out. Tomorrow you go to work out. No, 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 no. I can't today. I, my sneakers are, you know, they're dirty. Um, you know, my socks are too tight. Right. And so, so we determine all of these little things that kind of push us away. But if we set that intention and really hold ourselves accountable to our intention, because who are we holding ourselves account- accountable to ourselves? If you're constantly setting up an, uh, a, a goal or a motivating thing that you're, you're denying, you know, it becomes very easy to, to stick to that. And you're, you're almost lying to yourself. You might be honest to the world, but if you're not honest to yourself. And so I think it comes down to like just setting that attention and owning it and not letting this interfere, just yeah. do it. Well, and that's, you know, what I love about so much about Mel Robbins and her five second rule. Thank you. I was going to mention that too. Yeah. Yes. It- Go ahead. Oh, it just ties directly in that. And I wanted you to bring that up um, because the five second rule ties so successfully into that. Something like waking up or losing weight to taking those actions. I mean, I practice the five second rule often, but I don't, we might not be talking about the same five second rule. Like when I drop a whole plate of food, you just kind of scoop it back and (laughs) as long as you blow it, yeah, it's totally cool. As long as you dust it off, you're good. You're good. No, Mel, Mel Robbins five second rule is, is about brain science basically. And because we are hardwired to avoid things that are dangerous or uncomfortable or scary, if we hesitate, when we decide we want to do something, that moment of hesitation, that pause allows our brain to step in the way and say, and find a hundred reasons why not to do it because it wants to protect us. It wants to keep us comfortable. It wants to keep us safe. And that's how a lot of these habits are formed because, oh, I, it would be better if I went for a walk, but the, the ice cream is sitting here right in front of me. And then we eat it and we feel really good, at least for a few minutes. And then the next- I'm going to watch like one this, more episode. Yeah. You know? And then it's 3 p.m. and you didn't move well, all day. 
Yeah. Well, and here's the other part to it. Like we, like cold, right? I'm not going to go outside because it's cold. I'm not going to go outside because it's hot. You're just yeah. trying to protect your body. And exactly. I mean, they're just, we can come up with every reason in, known to man. But what happens is in that split second of hesitation, if you start taking action instead and you break that chain and you break that connection, then you can keep going much more easily. And that's why she says the five second rule is like, um, she has an amazing TED talk we have to link to in, in our show notes. But it's, it it's, it's like, you know, in that moment of hesitation, you just count backwards, five, four, three, two, one, and you launch yourself like a rocket, like a NASA rocket, and, and you just move. Even if you don't feel like it, if you do that, all of a sudden it becomes much easier to take that action and take that step. Um, I, I, have a, I have a saying for every time I'm hesitating too, it's like, just do it anyway. And yeah. once you start doing it, you just even for, you, you feel so good for a hundred million other reasons, yeah. Because your body realizes that it wasn't a threat or it wasn't something negative. It's actually exactly. something positive that you start feeling good and you just keep going. And it's a battle of the mind. I mean, it truly is. And so again, setting that intention and being honest to that intention is you sort of conquering that mind. And so when these other little, you know, thoughts creep into your head, you're better off to defend them right? Because we can make ourselves feel hungry just by thinking about food. And then all of a sudden we're starving. Well, come on. Are we really? No. You know what I mean? But we've let our brains drive us and we have to be the driver of our brains. Well, you know? that's where, you know, environment plays a huge part. And for example, I trying to get back into working out in the morning because that's what I used to do when I was working in the corporate world in the States. And at, at night, I would set out my workout clothes and pack my gym bag with everything I needed so that the only thing I had to do when I got up was put on my workout clothes, brush my teeth, grab my bag, and head out the door. There wasn't anything to think about. There wasn't, you know, even my lunch was packed and ready in the fridge. There wasn't anything to think about. I had no reason not to do it because there was no extra step involved. And it took me maybe 10 minutes in the evening to put it all together. And it just, I was able to do that for like 11 years straight. And, you know, now I'm not used to that. Now when I get up, because I get up to walk the dog in the morning, he's like the best alarm clock ever. He comes up at six o'clock. So now I put my workout clothes on underneath the sweats that I wear when I walk him so that when I come back to the house, I don't have to go up and get changed because that one extra step, right? I'm already set up for success. I can hang up the dog lead and go straight down the stairs to the basement because I'm already dressed to work out. It's funny because they they tend to re to relate uh, getting a dog with um, with motivation and success when it comes to moving and exercising a little bit more mm -hmm. because of how demanding and you know you just do it because you know someone else needs it. But it's funny because when it comes to someone else, you don't even hesitate. And when it comes to yourself, you are always putting up an excuse. Yeah. You know, it's for sure. It's and I think the intention can become the motivation in that because it's just, again, coming back to that just honest decision within yourself. And you don't even have to point it at, 
you know, um, health or, you know, again, what you might consider to be healthy. We don't even have to talk about exercise. I mean, you could talk about it in a relationship setting. You know, if there's some way, you know, I'm going to become a better listener. I want to become a better listener. I am a better listener. And you set that intention. It becomes very motivating to achieve something. You know what I mean? What I'm going to intend, I'm, you know, I'm setting the intention that the next time my partner you know, says something that I don't like, I'm going to be hard to offend. I'm just going to walk away from it. And it becomes these tiny little, you know, intents that we will hold true to. If again, if it's, it's, it's stated, you know, here's my intention. And then again, so it's like that experience, right? Your intention equals your motivation to achieve it because it's something personal and it's something, you know, within you. I mean, yes, there is a motivation where, um, you know, the four of us are doing this, you know, so we have to show up. That's, you know, that is the motivating piece because other people are relying on us, right? So we can look at motivation from a work experience, you know, from a coaching experience. You know, if you're on a team, you're going to show up to practice and run down the field because that's your motive. The team is your motivation, right? right? So and so sometimes... No, I was just going to say that, you know, if you can understand, again, sort of that motivating piece, because these other, you know, the goal motivations and maybe like the challenge motivations um, or while people are relying on me for that motivation, those are sort of built in and they're a little bit easier to sort of become or, or harness or, or, you know what I mean? Because somebody's relying on you. That's, it's a set thing that you need to do. I think when we're talking about more of these, in, you know, extrinsic motivators within ourselves that that's where sort of like these demons sort of lie because no one's relying on us to do it yeah yeah intrinsically we have to it has to mean something to us right what is the desire what is the want and what is the intention towards it how do you want to feel yeah. How about and for me, I also include discipline as well and I don't yeah. think that has been mentioned yet is that if we don't have the discipline to make it uh, further than what we allow ourselves to do, then we're always going to be in this comfort zone of motivating to what's comfortable and being happy with what's there. But discipline, doing one more than what we are comfortable doing, that's when the real growth changes. And that's when, though we might feel uncomfortable, if it's weightlifting for Margaret or any of us, um, or if it's running, you know, five extra kilometers than we're normal, normally comfortable with, then that's where we recover. That's where we become stronger, not only in our mind, but also in our bodies physically. Yeah. It's when we do something that we thought we couldn't, that's where the growth lies. Not in doing it. I, it's not just, okay, I'm going to brush my teeth. It's when you push yourself to understand that's where the growth happens when you are a little bit uncomfortable. Sometimes you just got to say, get the fuck up and go. Yeah. As uh, you know, <laughs> David Goggins, uh, he, he's just incredible because he pushes you to your absolute limit because, and he's a motivator, not only for himself because he had to do that from survival, but also now because he knows that it's his way forward and he always pushes himself and is disciplined enough to go further and further and further ahead. Sure. One thing that I always think about, <clears throat> um, because I think a lot, obviously, is our motivations, both as Tiffany said, intrinsic and extrinsic. 
to what end? And I think everyone has mentioned that we are motivating to ourselves for our personal growth, but in different areas of our life, we're also motivated for different things. If it's for a nonprofit, then we're motivated to do work, no matter how demanding it is, for some other good. That completely, I would say, is not for personal growth, but it's for some other cause. Even for, even for health and well-being, I think some of us um, are motivated for others, whether it's for our families or whether, you know, if it's for uh, social media accounts, you might see many times is that they're healthy. They look like these body figures, but they might not, not be for themselves at all because they're this public figure. So I, I kind of want to bring up that because what part of your life is motivating for someone other than yourself, but still is a driving motivator? Well, and I, you know what, this brings me to, and this is kind of funny, but I, been a big Friends fan since whatever it's, it first came out. And I'm going to bring up this, this part of this episode. And it was supposed to be funny, but it has always stuck with me. And it was Phoebe and Joey. And Phoebe says, I'm going to do a selfless act. I'm going to set out my intention is to do something selfless. Here's my intention. And so she says, well, there was somebody on the street. I gave him money. Well, you gave him money, but how did that make you feel? Oh, well, it made me feel good. Okay, then that's not selfless. Then she comes back and says, no, 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 I got stung by a bee. I, I let the bee sting me so that all the other bee friends would know, and it did not feel good. And he says, well, the bee died, right? So again, it becomes a selfish act. So if we can understand that motivation, intention, again, equals that human desire, there's, I, I've tried to elicit some sort of selfless act and it's, I, I haven't come up with it because there is a reward. There is something that makes us feel good about it, right? I go into the grocery store, you know, there's, there's somebody who's a little less uh, tall and they say, can you help me with that? Yeah, and I get so excited to help them. I just want to help them through all the top shelves of the whole entire store. Well, it's a kind of a selfish thing because it makes me feel good, you know? And so if we, we can understand that and appreciate that, that we are selfish creatures, we are very selfish, right? And there's way to be, yeah, and it, it's okay. And it's okay, right? We can look at selfish in, in, in a vast array of, of definitions. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, the actual selfish ones, but we're just talking about ourselves. You know, there's, there's no selfless good deed. So we are selfish. Because again, it's that human desire. It's that human want. There has to be some sort of reward, no matter what it is. Right. But selfish isn't the same as narcissistic. Or... No, 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 no. Those are two very different yeah. words. But, but selfish can become something quite negative. Sure. But if I'm saying, listen, I'm going to be a little bit selfish, that to me is not a negative thing. Like this is I, you know, a boundary you know, that you may set can, can appear to be selfish, but it's not at all. Right. You know, there is, again, that human desire, that human connection, that want to do something. Sure. Well, and I, you know, ext extrinsic motivation for me, I have a couple of things. I have a, I have an accountability buddy and we check in with each other and we push each other to excel with our coaching businesses personally. With our 
and and now because I do struggle to work out in the mornings, um, I I work out with an accountability video call three times a week, and it's fabulous. It's just amazing because I know they're going to be there, and it it drives me to to continue to be part of that group. The other thing is, like with my coaching business, I want to grow my business because there are so many people. The people I've been able to help just made me feel so amazing. And yeah, there's that selfishness, but it, I love, I get such a kick. I get really emotional watching my clients have their aha moments and watching them succeed reaching their goals. I want to do more of that, you know, and my ultimate extrinsic goal for that is to be able to be the sole source of support for our family. So my husband can retire and we can live up in the mountains in Tuscany somewhere, you know, that, that's you gotta, you gotta have Wi-Fi there then. Yeah, I know. Also, is it weird that that's my desire to live with you guys in the mountains? No, is that... no it's going to be a big place. <laughs> it's totally, I'm, 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 pretty, I'm, I'm moving in. <laughs> all, are, all are welcome. We're going to have a nice wellness retreat, sort of B&B oriented hikes ah. and nutrition classes. And yeah, it's gonna fantastic. Be but that's, and, you know, that's what I, I that's can be your gym. I, I can be right. your uh, gym instructor. Perfect. And we can look through inspiration from others to to truly motivate us again maybe we're not experiencing it but we're watching somebody else experience it too and it's in those moments that i say just be honest with yourself mm -hmm. and and sort of again have that intrinsic motivator within you because or else it's just for somebody else yeah do you know what i mean i think and we Turning that inner bully off is probably one of the biggest steps that people can make because we judge ourselves, we challenge yeah. ourselves, we speak for ourselves in ways we would never speak to another human being. No. And that is the biggest demotivator we, we have. Thoughts are not facts. And I think sometimes, you know, it's also good to understand who are your motivators, you know, and, and we have these people in our lives for various things. People might come to me for a health-related you know, scenario where I might become motivating to them. But again, I, I want them to be motivated for themselves to like set that intention, you know, but like, I know I've leaned on Julie, you know, a few times and she, we have a, you know, 20 minute conversation and I'm often running with a new vigor and, you know, of, of something, because again, it's that inner demon that's suggesting that I can't do this. I shouldn't do this. Why would I do this? You know, your thoughts are not facts. And I, I, I constantly am saying that to myself to understand how limiting it truly is. Mm -hmm. There's no fact to that, you know, and you reach out to a friend, you reach out to somebody else and say, hey, like, here's what it is. You know, I don't consider myself a very external. I'm not driven by others motivation or inspiration, but that's so wrong because I am. Yeah. Yeah. What is your supreme driver? For me, it's more, you know, it's more um, intrinsic because that's just how I operate, you know. But again, if I'm being honest, of course, I look to others for motivation for various, you know, for various reasons. I just went to a functional medicine doctor that became very motivating for me, you know, because in that piece of my life, I needed something different. I sought it. Okay, and now I have a different sort of motivator moving forward, a different idea, you know, and I think that that's going to happen. But ultimately, it's that intrinsic motivation that drove me there, literally. I mean, somebody drove me there, right? Like, I drove myself there. But, but something in myself, you know, I, you listening and being honest and understanding, you know, it drove me to that. And I, and I think that, you know, 
you know, as much as I'm saying, don't listen to your, to your, to your brain, you know, also if it says it enough, you know what I mean? Like you, it, it's, it's so internal within you. I love to work out. It's not my life right now to give all of this time to my workouts. So I've taken that off the table and I just work out when I can fit it in, you know, and there's no punishment there. There's no demoralizing conversation that, that roams around my head. I do it if I can, and I can't if I don't, but I also walk a ton, right? So there's also that piece of it. Like I can look at it and say, well, I'm doing a lot more walking now and my diet's far better. It's all good. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's something within me. It's something that I've, I can't do this. So this is what I'm going to do, you know? And it's kind of like, if this, then that when summer comes, things are going to change in my life. And therefore my nutrition will change, right? Because my, my, you know, my exercise has increased. If I'm going hiking, if I'm going for 10 mile hikes, well, my nutrition surely will change based on that, you know? And so it's all these little motivators, you know, but, but truly for me, it's more of this intrinsic, you know, I experience it, I feel it and I just move forward. I'm, I'm, I'm very motivated internally. Hey Tiff, can I make you rewind a little bit and uh, ask you to explain what intrinsic and extrinsic motivation is for yeah, people that don't know? I'd appreciate if you didn't use me as dictionary.com, but <laughs> since you're asking, I'll help you. Okay, you're um, encyclopedia. Yeah, I'll be encyclopedia. Does, does, any, does anybody know what those are anymore? Like if I tell the kids about an encyclopedia, they have no idea. That's a foreign language. Um, Intrinsic motivation is driven by internal rewards. Again, that human desire. And it's naturally satisfying for yourself, for whatever the result may be. And again, we could pick apart your entire day. There's something motivating within that to do various things. And so, you know, when we look at it, extrinsic motivator, that's something outside that's sort of driving you. It's not something in self. It's kind of a it's, it's something... That's right. It's not this internal thing. It's something, you know, external, you know, let's go out like to a, dinner. Like a team? It, it could be a team for sure. It could be the three of us, the four of us, if I'm counting myself, which I probably should, um, you know, we're extrinsically motivating each other to come on and talk about health and wellness, which is also somewhat of an extrinsic motivator too, because now we're talking about it. We want to live it. So I don't know about you guys, but I've, I've fine tuned some things, some areas within my life because I can't just talk about it. I have to do it. I have to own it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then that comes back to this intrinsic, you know? So I think that they, you know, it's like a seesaw in between. In yang. Yeah, it's exactly. To each other in perfect speaking unison. Of extrinsic, and sorry. I was going to say, speaking of extrinsic motivation, um, <laughs> um, I, I think we need a challenge. Well, what's the I, challenge, Julie? Well, Margaret and I have birthdays coming up in the next month. They're both going to be 31. <laughs> yeah, again. And, Twins. Uh, so we've been talking about getting our nutrition fitness a little bit more tuned in. And so I'm going to challenge all of us as a birthday challenge to try to try our best and focus on staying like 85% compliance with our goals, nutrition and fitness goals. We have to write them down though. Yes. So well, and that's the other piece. It, 
Exactly, because if it's not written down, if it's not if it's not there, does it even matter? It's like, did the tree make a noise? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, and and whenever I'm I'm lacking motivation, or I'm saying, well, yeah, I don't know, I didn't I didn't do whatever I wanted for last year's birthday, because for me, my birthday personally, it's a huge thing. Personally, I'm not expecting anything from anyone else. But for me, um, it's like get I get I get there and I and I kind of reflect on how my year was and where I'm at. You know, like for example, last year was kind of a a little bit of the uh, depressing birthday because it was my 30th and I was we were in the beginning of coronavirus, so everything was new and unknown and mm-hmm. and you know we were in a full lockdown. So for me, last year was like very. It was different. I was just grateful that I, we were with health and, you know, and everything. But for this year, now that we've been one year into coronavirus, I've had it already. <laughs> I survived it. And uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been doing pretty good. I, I, you tend to lack a little bit of motivation and say, I'm standing in a pretty good spot. So why would I even do something? But then it's it's that little moment where you should say, like, if it's not now, when? And I know this is a very cliche saying, but that is something that I like to remind myself. And, you know, we, when we're talking about birthdays, it's we're not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our body needs more care with within, you know, with every little with every year. You need to, we need to take care of ourselves a little bit more than last year. So, you know, for, for Julie and myself, it's our motivation is our birthday, but for Johnny and uh, Tiff, it's, if it's not now, then when? Exactly. And I will tell you, I can attest as the oldest person here that it is harder the older you get if you don't keep that consistency up. It's it's like when somebody sees an older person outside doing exercise and they say, wow, that's incredible. That person is still doing whatever it may be. And the only logical explanation is they didn't stop. Yes. We don't stop moving because we get old. We get old because we stop moving. And when you stop moving, things atrophy. That is yes. just what happens. So, you know, again, we can look at, you know, I love burpees. Because throughout the ages, because all it does is teach you to get up off the floor. Well, for mine, eh, let me see. I'm 44 days, 43 days. I'm exactly five weeks. Um, How many days today, Margaret? I don't do math well. Seven times five is 35. Although I'm learning all these new concepts with my stepdaughter who is constantly needing her, my assistance in her math. So I'm learning all sorts of new concepts. Oh gosh, let's not even go there. Her her third grade math. She goes, why can't I just do it like you? I'm like, I don't know. It takes a little bit, but it's actually pretty cool. Whatever, Johnny, I'm not down with it. 35 days. So we have 35 days and 44 days. 43 days. Yeah. So my, my goal has, is, is, and has been, um, four, four days of workouts a week, three of them being strength, strength focused. 
and uh, logging my food and getting enough protein. How's, how's that coming? Yeah, it was going very well. And the last week it kind of fell off. So I want to get back to that because I, I can well, tell the difference in how I feel. It's what I was saying. Um, whenever you whenever you're gonna make a challenge, so you gotta challenge yourself to stay motivated, right? Right. And then also the challenge should take some effort, but you should plan um, and have room for error. Yeah. Or, you know. So yeah. it's okay. My my eighty five percent compliance with those things. Okay. Can I bring up something? So we're talking about a burpee challenge. Yeah. Let's, how about instead of saying every day we do this many burpees, because that might not be feasible and we might fall off the wagon. What about if we come up with between now and Julie's birthday, we do X amount of burpees? That's fine. Okay. I'm already doing 100 squats a day. What's some burpees added in? <laughs> That's my favorite workout, by the way. 100 squats and 200, I mean, 200 squats and 100 burpees. How much Done. weight you put on that for squats? I'm just doing body weight. I have a challenge going in my Facebook group and we're doing a hundred day squat challenge. So you, you add one squat each day. So one squat on day one, two squats on day two, all the way through day 100. But since I've done it so many times before and I love squats so much, I challenged myself for the hundred days to do a hundred squats a day for the whole hundred days. Oh, that's excellent. That's, body we, we usually do that one with push-ups. Until failure. Right? No, I can tell you, I can tell you, uh, I had underestimated push-ups until I've been doing them regularly. And after like 20, my arms are just dead. So uh, for Murph, it's a very uh, hero wad that we usually do uh, for Thanksgiving. Uh, it's 100 pull-ups, uh -huh. pull 200 push-ups, push-ups, 300, 300 squats, air squats and a mile in, a mile out. Um, so I think it starts, I don't know, maybe, I, I can't remember when it starts, but we start doing one to 100 push-ups a day, you know, like just like your, like your challenge of one, one extra a day. And yeah, that has been a game changer for sure. My goal well, is to be able to do a full push-up. I can't do one yet because I have, had shoulder issues for years but i'm getting really i'm getting there you are and guess what the only thing to help with that is just volume and also burpees i mean i'm just saying yeah. you got to get up up off. you got to get up up off the dance floor sorry i just got How a song in my head <laughs> um i don't know i'm, I'm thinking you know maybe four thousand okay what do you think four thousand <laughs> in 44 days Yes, Julie. Yeah. Is that too many? That's a hundred. Is that a hundred a day? Less than a hundred. I think so. Yeah. Well, maybe a hundred might be a high volume then. So do we want to drop it down a little more? Two thousand? I'll do That's fifty. 50. Fifty a day. Uh -huh. Why don't we just why don't we do this? Why don't we just count our burpees every day and just come up with a we'll check in once a week with how many burpees we've done for the week. Okay. And try to do more the following week. Yeah. Why don't we do that? One more. I'll do it right now. I'm going to explain to Johnny and our listeners. You got to be entirely uh, flat on the floor. And then you touch 
right behind your head. Uh-huh. And then you go all the way straight with your legs straight oh, until yeah. you touch your toes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the most important the most important piece of that though is a straight back and that you don't round because then you're putting too much you know, the pressure wants to come from your lower back and your abdominals and not your upper back because it yeah, will it, it can cause some movement issues if you you know, because of course there's always variations to everything that we do in exercise. There's something else yeah. you can do. So it's it's also that piece of that. You know, and, and, and we can look at motivation you know, as, as this ultimate, you know, driver for ourselves in, in such a profound way, you know, and, you know, there's times where if you got to lean on others, lean on others. If it's something within you, just be honest with yourself. Find those little ways to win within your day. Because again, if you don't experience it, you can't create that desire to want more. You can't create that need to move forward. Yeah. Well said. And this kind of comes into false motivators as well. So something that seems like a motivator, but is falsely attributed to yourself and does you more harm than good, whether it is being in comfort or whether you're working towards something, we call it climbing up the wrong mountain or going to the wrong restaurant. So an unmotivator I think what Johnny, I think what you're trying to say is an unmotivator. We can look at outlying factors to become unmotivating pieces, right? If you look at your, you know, significant other, we can allow them to be very unmotivating for us in various ways. Environment as well, as Julie said. Exactly. So there are things, Netflix is a unmotivator. Gosh, it's lovely, but it's also an unmotivator. It just unmotivates you to doing something that you actually should be doing. Right. Demotivators are different. Demotivators are something that strike you down, cut you down to being worse off. An unmotivator is something that you find joy and pleasure in, but not something that gets you to what you should be doing for your own self-growth, self-betterment. And that leads to more complaints or more excuses for yourself. Demotivator is more of saying, I can't do something. And a demotivator is saying, I don't want to, or I won't. Do you have a recommendation when it comes to the uh, motivator? I, I Ask anyway. your coach, Julie. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I used to date a guy who constantly told me, I would say, I'm going to do this. I'm taking this class and I'm doing this event. And he would just say, you can't do all that. You can't do all that. There's no way you can do that. Now, because I am frequently intrinsically motivated, that external demotivator, instead of taking it to heart and feeling deflated by it, actually made me more determined because I was going to prove that I could do it. But a lot of people will take that to heart and just say, yeah, you're right. You know, it, mm-hmm. it depends a lot on your self-confidence and your, and your self-worth. So in, in that case, in my mind, the best, the best way to get around the demotivators is to just sit back and remind yourself, why is this important to me? Is there and any what truth happens to what they're saying? Sorry. No, is there any truth to what they're saying? And what, if not... What is the truth? Yeah. Because what 
happens, like, for example, and I'm going to say a very basic demotivator, because now I'm kind of confused about the unmotivator and demotivator, but I think it's a demotivator. When you are have been really good with eating and exercising, and you feel like everything is going or should be going towards where you want to be, and then let's say you step on the scale and you don't see a, a change. And I come back to the scale, not in a bad way, but mm -hmm. it's something that everyone does. And it's the the most, and it, it really shouldn't come down to this, but I'm gonna say it because it really comes down to this yeah. when someone steps up on the scale or you go to a doctor's appointment and then you see the number, what happens there? Should you keep going with what you're doing even though you feel you're, it's not working? Or, or how would you battle that up? I was going to say, I've actually had a couple of people dealing with this lately. And what I like to do, again, is to say, what is actually happening here? How, first of all, I need to own it. How com compliant, I don't really like that word, but how consistent have I been with my behaviors really? And if I have been super consistent, what else am I noticing? Do I feel different? Do my clothes fit differently? How is my energy? How are my moods? How am I sleeping? Um, you know, there are a lot of other facets factors right. involved. And a lot of times the scale, am I, am I kind to myself? Because the scale is usually the last thing to change. And I understand how demotivating it is. But when I'm working with somebody anyway, I try to help them focus on the other things because we didn't gain weight overnight and we didn't yep. see the weight go on until other things happened, right? And I use my own journey as, as evidence of that, that I weigh 3.6 pounds less than I did five years ago, but I wear clothing that, that are two sizes smaller. Yeah. If I relied on this, or, scale, I'd be just depressed. The demotivator, you know, that, that you're, you know, that we're sort of discussing now, you know, I, I feel like the, again, it becomes like that limiting factor within your brain to be unkind and to not see everything for, for what it is in various ways. You know what I mean? And I think what we try to do is, is when we set our mind to something, we set our attention, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in a month in the first week. It's like just melting off and then it becomes a little harder and a little harder and a little harder. And our, our mind tells us, well, one of two things, it's not working, throw it all away. Or number two, double down. Those two things are probably not at all what you should do, yeah. right? Don't throw it away, depending on what it is, right? Think about how you feel. Think about all of these other things. And, and also don't double down because that's not being kind to yourself. That's not, that's not a journey. If you're doubling down on something, that, that, that ends your journey and it starts a whole new road to travel down because it's something completely different, you know? Like, I fast. Okay, some days I don't, some days I do. It's not a hard and fast rule because it should be open-ended because it's just, it's a journey. And so, you know, if I don't feel the scale is moving or my clothes are differently, it's not to say I should eat less and fast harder. It's just saying, what? I don't know. Maybe I drink too much. You know what I mean? Like there's so many other variables that exist. And so when we look at, you know, demotivators, you know, I, you know, like, like Johnny said, you know, I can't and I won't 
you know, my biggest thing is get rid of that language. Don't allow yourself to say, I can't. Don't allow yourself to say, I won't. It's very limiting and it's not flexible when you say these words to yourself and you say them out loud, right? Change the language on that. There's one word that I can't stand. Try. Hmm. It sets you up for whatever. I was going to reach out to you. I tried. I was going to eat good. I tried. You know, it's actually very deflating and it's a very demotivating word. If you set your best effort, I say, I did my best. Mm -hmm. Because did I? Right? And then it becomes like this internal, well, I did my best to prepare X, Y, and Z today. Actually, no, I didn't. And I didn't spend any time on it. You know what I mean? And, And it's different than if I say I try because now it feels like I've done something and I haven't done shit. You know, and again, you do be true. Yeah. And again, that inner critic taming that and learning how to exercise self self self-compassion. I think self-compassion is one of the most important tools you can learn when it comes to anything related to your life and your health and your well-being and, you know, just general your mental health. Um, Yeah. Well, why I did ask that question because it's typically uh, what demotivates everyone, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that affects mentally ev- to everyone. And what I, what I like, the exercise that I like to do, and I like to remind myself that is that why are we always expecting to see a lower number on the scale? Be- and by the simple fact that if we would, see a lower number on the scale every single day we would disappear it's <laughs> right it's, it's never it's yeah you yeah lose weight forever no and, and to your point margaret i think it's again just being setting that intention if your desire if your human desire is well i want to be smaller i want to you know be more healthy define that yeah. hear it romanticize it, understand it for yourself because nobody can define that for you. And right. Why? And, and right. And the what ifs of it, right? Like, why am I doing this? And what if, what if I don't work out one day, move on it, nothing bad will happen. Right. And it's just owning that for yourself. And we can't always look to others for motivation because if I'm only exercising because Margaret's exercising, well, what if Margaret gets hurt? I'm just never going to exercise again. You know, that's not, that's not a deep enough goal for myself. It's not a deep enough. It, it doesn't motivate me just her because then obviously she's probably just going to annoy me anyways, as she's getting her pull-ups and I'm not, you know what I mean? It's fine. It's fine. Margaret, get your pull-ups. I'm just kidding. Do what did you do? So we talked about a lot of stuff today, didn't we? You know, and I, I, I think it's great to hear everyone else's, you know, view and understanding, but you know, again, just to kind of, to summarize, if, if it's possible, you know, what all we just said, you know, it, it's truly just about motivation and understanding what it means for yourself and no one else. You know, we are our harshest critics. So being open to the idea and being flexible to the thoughts of, again, my thoughts are not facts. So where does the truth lie? And I think that pen and paper is a valuable resource when it comes to these things, because you're only honest with yourself, you know? And is it okay to seek motivation outside? Absolutely. We need that sometimes. But again, it's just that deep understanding of the whys, you know, for ourselves in the house. 
And I will say, should we open up the challenge? If anybody else wants to join us in our burpee challenge, we are more than welcome to hear your burpee totals at the end of the week. If nothing more, just to move a little bit more, right? Just to get up, and get up, up off the floor. The challenge documented as well. There's only so much. Let's hear words, it. Um, but let's have it in documentation. Write your story. And we would love to see you on social media. You can email us at uh, thepursuitofwealth at gmail.com. And we'll be following up with you. And there is no losing. There is no losing in this challenge. You either do one burpee and I, we will celebrate you. You do two burpees and we will celebrate you. We'll have a big it's, old party in our Facebook group. That's right. That's right. Let's do it, guys. Well, I, I want to thank you all. Always remember to challenge yourself to stay motivated. That's right. You are your only truest motivator and the one that can stick to it all. And again, work on that idea. I, I, and we would love to hear more about this too. If you need help defining that word healthy or you want somebody else to look at your word healthy, use the Facebook group. We're all about motivating and helping each other and putting each other out there. As a matter of fact, why don't we do that? Why don't we define our health and post it up so for others to see and to see how we come to that process to understand it? Great. Let's do it. I want to thank you guys for taking time out of your day to talk with us, my co-hosts here and myself, as well as to our listeners. We thank you for, for returning back to us and opening up your hearts and minds to, you know, whether you've been thinking about it or not. Again, our, our end goal here is that you become 1% better than you did the day before. And even if it's, even if it's 0.5, we're okay with that. This podcast was produced by Margaret, Julie, Tiffany, and myself. Keep updated for the latest deep health, nutritious conversations. If you're already successful in the health and well-being industry, a coach, practitioner, trainer, marketer, the esoteric, and other related career passions with a thriving business and have an interesting story, we'd love to hear from you. 